forgotten storms of the Atlantic. I'm Tom DiLiberto, and I've been catching up with all the tropical storms and hurricanes in the Atlantic that we've forgotten about to see what they've been up to and how they've been doing. And today, I am super excited to have Hurricane Helene. Hurricane Helene occurred in 2018 and lasted from September 7th through September 16th. And I have to say, Hurricane Helene, one, super excited to have you on the podcast. And two, you do not make yourself easy to find. How have you been? Well, Thomas, it is a pleasure to be here speaking with you. And I have to say, I mean, I, I did not expect this at all. I did not expect to be contacted. As you know, I've been, I've been really off the grid by choice, but you were just so gosh darn persistent. And Out of and love. Nervous. Out of love. I swear my persistence was out of love. No, that, that really came through. And I have to tell you, that's, that's really the only reason I agreed to this. I prefer a quieter life now and I, I don't do much, uh, you know, engagement with the media, but it's a pleasure to talk to you today. So for listeners, in case you don't remember Hurricane Helene, which first of all, how dare you? She's amazing. But Hurricane Helene was one of those amazing storms that knew what it wanted to be almost immediately. Popped off the coast of Africa, became a hurricane almost immediately. Tropical storm, depression, well, depression, tropical storm, and hurricane almost immediately. An unbelievable storm. And then, yeah, Hurricane Helene, honestly, I, w- I followed you so much during that late summer of 2018. And then, poof, I, I didn't hear from you again. And it took me a while to track you down. Well, it did. And, you know, I... I've led quite a life, Thomas, and I'm, I am able to sit back now and, and look at it and reflect on, you know, my journey and where I have been. And there's a lot. There's, there's a lot that happened in my life. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm pleased to talk to you about it today. I had to ask a couple of questions. I wrote up a whole list of questions I had for you because, I mean, it's rare I get to speak to a storm like like you, Hurricane Aline. But I don't want to use, I don't use this phrase to upset you, but you were really a precocious storm. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing, Thomas. It's, it's a strange experience, you know, to, to be, to be a prodigy. And, and I don't use that word to, to self-aggrandize. It's just, that was the situation I found myself in. I, I grew up, you know, humble origins in, in West Africa, had a, had a hardworking mother. You know, my father wasn't really around much. And just from the earliest age, I, I had an aptitude for things. I, I just, I could see things and do things that nobody else around me could do. And that's just the way it was. You know, I, I can't really explain it. Now, you're not someone who I think likes to live in the past. So again, I really appreciate you being willing to come onto the podcast to talk about your past, but maybe you could shed some light on kind of a conundrum I've had ever since you came onto the tropical spotlight is what, ha- what happened? You reached that peak intensity, 110 mile an hour winds, which is really great. And then you, you kind of kept moving north and then you weakened pretty suddenly and, and then you disappeared. That is what happened. And, and you know, I, I appreciate your sensitivity and also, you know, your candor. And let me tell you, I've had a lot of time to, to think about what it was all like. Because when, when you're in it, of course, it's all just heady and intoxicating. And, and then, you know, the, the suddenness of, of your circumstances, you really can't reflect on it. And so I've had time to do that now. And I can look back and really see what it was. As I said, you know, I came from circumstances where... 
I just, I had this talent, this ability inside me and, and it was just, it was just bursting out. It was something I almost couldn't control. I don't know if you've seen that film, you know, uh, A Beautiful Mind, Russell Crowe, who, my goodness, that is a, that is a fine looking man. Uh, I'm sorry, I've, I've been... It's, it's fine. I agree. Sometimes I get lost in my own words thinking about Russell Crowe and just the, the, the movie in general. It's an interesting well, movie. And I've been alone for a long time, Thomas. So, you know, it's... it's so there's, uh, no one, there's no one with you. You're alone. If you don't mind me asking, I don't want an actual address, but could you give a general region of, of where you've ended up? Uh, I can. Uh, I, you know, I, I started out in, in West Africa and can talk more about my journey and my career, but I settled down for a time in, in Louisiana. But quite frankly, it just, it wasn't for me. There's too many storms there. There's just, there's too much hustle and bustle. And I realized that what I really needed, you know, for my psyche, uh, for, for my spirit was to be away from that, to be away from that whole environment. So I settled in a place where, you know, I really felt comfortable that, that no one would come looking for any hurricanes. And that is in beautiful New Hampshire. So that is where I am now. The Northeast is lucky to have you. I'm always curious about the mindset of hurricanes and especially hurricanes like you. So, so prodigy like where you seem to know what you wanted to be and how to achieve that right from the beginning. Now, when did you know that you had that in you? When did you know that you just had this ability to put two and two together a lot faster than any other storm or a lot of other storms have, have ever done so? I'll tell you, Thomas, it was, it was very early. You know, I, I felt the power of my abilities and, you know, I, my mother put a lot of pressure on me. She had wanted great things for herself. You know, she had great aspirations as a storm. She had the talent, she had the power, but you know, she met my father and, and, and he left her under difficult circumstances. You know, she had young storms to raise and, and she couldn't go after her dreams. And so there was a tremendous amount of pressure on me and, and also a tremendous amount of pressure in me. I mean, that's how storms work. And, and so I, I just felt that I, I knew I had a clarity of purpose and drive and I had to get out there. I had to get my name. I mean, as you know, Thomas, I, I was named, you know, exceptionally quickly while I was still just out over Cape Baird, which is, you know, practically unheard of, at least in that day. And, and I, I just felt a continuing force, you know, the further that I went and, and I, I, too many of the storms that I saw around me, they didn't have that drive, that purpose, you know, they, they, they wandered, they waited, hoping, you know, that they would get stronger and, and they missed their window. And I was not going to do that, Thomas. I did not have all of that inside me just to, just to stay in West Africa and then blow over. There's a lot to get into there, but the one thing I'm really curious about is that you mentioned other storms. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a generalized thing? Like you're talking about the hurricane season of 2018, just in general, or just a general kind of throwaway line or? Well, look, Thomas, I'm- Again, I don't mean to pry and I apologize no, for that. Not at all, not at all. And it's a natural question, but, but you know, I'll tell you, I'm a storm with integrity and I am comfortable speaking my truth. I know what my truth is, but I'm not gonna denigrate the other storms. I, I'll, I'll just keep it a little more general and say that there were others around me who I felt squandered some of their gifts and were not, were not sufficiently focused and driven in their path 
you know, I mean, their literal path, because that's important as a hurricane. You got to know where you're going. And, and one of the things that really was a part of my downfall in many ways was that I didn't have that path. I didn't have that sense of direction because you get out there and you're over Cape Baird and you've been named a hurricane easternmost. Well, let me, let me, you know, be be appropriate to my ancestors. I was the second easternmost hurricane on record in the satellite era, you know, something that they said really couldn't be done. They didn't expect it. And all of a sudden, you know, you get all the way out there and you notice you're over cooler waters. And this is something that no one prepares you for as a storm. And an older storm, a more experienced storm that had been nurtured and developed would have had guidance on how to proceed. But I was a prodigy. And there wasn't any guidance. It was just me out there. And you can have all the talent in the world, but if you lack the knowledge of how to harness it in circumstances that you have no context for, I mean, cool waters. What? I, I had never even heard talk of it. I was just there, alone, exposed. And I lost my way. I lost my direction. And that is something that you cannot do as a storm. You just can't. What was that like, that moment? I mean, again, you were a prodigy. You were young. You were put out in a situation that other storms aren't really put out into. You're making your own path. But in some sense, that's scary. In the beginning, you're still at least a little bit tied to your home life. But now you're pushed out and per into the pros. You're out there in a new environment. When did you realize that you only could re really rely on yourself? Well, Thomas, I can tell you now that I mean, it was terrifying. But when you're a prodigy storm, everything that you have done to that point is with a level of, of certainty, of just that there is no room to question yourself or your course or your, your wind speed, you know? And you'll hear lots of things. People will be talking about you. They'll be talking about the Doppler effect. They'll be talking about just things that you can't get into your brain. Because if you do, it's over. The greatest tightrope walkers, they walk the tightrope and they don't look down. They don't look around. They don't listen to what the crowd is chanting below them. And that was how I proceeded until I just got to this place out there over the middle of the ocean, cold water. And I realized I didn't think I had it. I didn't have enough inside of me. And so, of course, my first response was just, you know, disbelief and fear, fear that I was going to disappoint so many people, that I was destined to be this thing. And maybe I wasn't capable of it. I mean, precocity doesn't age well, Thomas. It just doesn't. You were a prodigy. And that time period of you being a hurricane was, or at least a name, tropical storm was about you know, nine, 10 days. And then what's next? What comes after being a prodigy? A prodigy by definition is means you're young. What happens to a prodigy when they're no longer young? How did you deal with that transition when what you were known for, what came easy to you was no more? And this is the thing, Thomas, this is the thing that people don't talk about. So many child prodigies, they don't end well. We know the famous ones. We know the Mozarts, you know. We know the, the Bobby Fishers and, you know, the boy in that movie about looking for Bobby Fisher. I can't remember his name, but Josh, Josh Waitskin, that was it. Those Lawrence Fishburne movies, that is another exceptional looking man. Oof, sorry about that. So they fall away. They're not what we wanted them to be. They don't follow the rule, which is to stay young and precocious forever. They get older and many of them become ordinary. 
and the disappointment that society feels, the external pressure, it can become too much. It can, it can overcome your natural internal pressure that you feel as a storm. And I faced a moment, Thomas, where that felt like a real possibility, like I was going to lose it all. And, you know, I assume now this is where you want to ask me some questions about Joyce. I didn't want to, but I wanted to. I didn't want to come up right out and ask it because I understand it's a tough question, but I was hoping that my other leading question would lead to it. And thank you for not calling me out on that. I'm not Barbara Walters. I'm not good with interviews. I'm not Leslie Stahl. But yeah, Joyce, Tropical Storm Joyce. All right. And I appreciate your, your sensitivity here. I really do. You are an earnest young man and I admire that in you. Listeners, Tropical Storm Joyce occurred roughly the same time as, as Hurricane Helene. And for lack of a better phrase, they had a little bit of a Fujiwara interaction. And, you know, it doesn't happen often. And it's something real. It's a connection. It w- there was a connection between you and Joyce. And I'm just curious... How'd that feel? Again, you were a prodigy. You were precocious. You were pushed from an early age. You probably never not only experienced the colder waters, but this idea of even interacting with another storm. And that's a lot of stress to be under such a young age. And I was hoping you could maybe shed some light, not for me, but for maybe there's a storm out there listening to this that also is just as precocious as you and or might be going through something like this in the future that maybe you can give some advice. Because honestly, you sound like someone who's not just dealing with this kind of prodigy to transition, but you've, you're beyond that. You've come to, I feel like, a, a sense of calm and a sense of understanding and wisdom that I feel like you can share with any storms out there listening. And Thomas, you know what? I appreciate you saying all that. I mean, I I have come to a place in my life where I know my truth. I I own my truth. I bear no ill will to anyone, including to my past self. You know, I mean, I've read quite a number of Elizabeth Gilbert books. I follow Glennon Doyle on my Instagram. I I have that, um, that calm meditation app, which I mean, you know, there are many in the storm community that, that think that that is, that is antithetical to who we are, but I don't believe that. I believe that being in touch with, your, with yourself and moving past the chaos within is essential. And so I am, I am able to talk about, you know, that experience now with grace and with, with understanding and, and with forgiveness to myself, most of all, because it was a time where I was really at a crossroads. I was, I was lost, I was confused, and I felt myself weakening. I really did. And the mistake that I made, Thomas, was that instead of relying on myself, on my own pressure, on my own strength to propel me forward, I sought it in another. And that other was, was Joyce. And look, Joyce was an incredible creature, I thought. She was a fine looking storm. And she was older and more experienced. And she saw me not just for the, the prodigy that I was, but for all of me. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to shock you, Thomas. But I mean, she saw me as a sexual being, which you know, no one had, had seen at that time in my life. And there was, a, there was an awakening there that she taught me. There's not been a lot of talk about the Fujiwara interaction and what that is like for two two storms and the understanding of the storm and the power and the, the sexual connection that can come from that power. And I think it's better understood now. And I applaud the younger generations for that. But in my time, it, it was not talked about. It was not, it was not acknowledged. 
And Joyce gave me so much in that. And it, it helped me. It helped me see myself in a different way. But, you know, there were problems that Joyce had that at first I didn't see. And then when I did start to see them, I didn't want to see them because I felt that she was going to be my, my way, my, my way forward. I was going to draw strength from her. I really thought I was going to, going to siphon, you know, strength and, in, you know, increase my miles per hour thanks to, thanks to her presence. But it turns out that she didn't have that strength. She was, oh, she was a, a real, a real cyclone of disaster, I have to say. And her problems became my problems because of the way that we interacted. When was the last time you talked with Joyce? Oh, I haven't spoken to Joyce since, since we broke off our Fujiwara interaction. I had to leave her behind because I saw what was going to happen if I stayed there. And that was going to be, I mean, that was going to be my end. I was about to end in, you know, a state of, of tropical obliteration. I was going to be rains over the ocean somewhere, never to be heard from ever again. And so I knew in that moment, I had to leave this whole existence. I had to take myself. I had to make landfall and, and create myself into something new. And that's what I did. I didn't realize, maybe I should have, but I didn't realize you had that much going on. You were at the same time really shutting the door on multiple different chapters of your life. Meanwhile, you had this awakening that you know would continue afterwards because you know what they always say when a door shuts, a window opens and no hurricane lasts forever. All hurricanes end at some point. May not be as long as some hurricanes would like. It may not be in the manner that some hurricanes would like, but in the end, it's, that's the life cycle. You come from nothing, you end as nothing as a storm, but then it's what happens next that makes a big difference. And it seems like when your time as a hurricane, as a tropical cyclone ended, you spent a lot of your time since then reflecting on that period of time. Are you happy that you were a hurricane? Do you ever sometimes regret the fact that you were a hurricane? Maybe you were hoping that you would have been happier never reaching those peaks and finding yourself somewhere else. Do you ever sometimes regret? What a question, Thomas. I mean, that, that betrays a wisdom beyond your years to understand all of that. And I don't know if you listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, but that, that really hits home right there. I have thought about this, you know, often. I've really examined my life. And I think the reality is we have to be grateful we just have to end in gratitude for what we've been given and what we've experienced. I could say that I wish that I had never had that gift, that power, that I had just lived out my life as an ordinary storm. But that is who I am. That was my reality. And it gave me experiences that, that few have ever had. Insights and power and reach that is a level of ascendance and, and I'll tell you, it can be close to the sublime when you're feeling it and when you're part of it. And I wouldn't take that away because ascending to those heights gave me so much. But when I think about it now, I wouldn't take away the lows either. They gave me perspective. They gave me wisdom. They gave me the ability to, to look back on what I accomplished and appreciate its value, but also not allow that to totally define me. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy now. I live in New Hampshire. I go to farmer's markets. 
I recently bought a vegan cookbook, you know, just to, just to see, because you never know. You never know. You think, hey, I don't know if I'll like wearing clogs. I don't, I don't know if those will suit me. And then you do, and they do. Life has the ability to surprise you every day, Thomas, if you're just open to the possibility. So I am, I am profoundly grateful to be in the place that I am now and to have had the experiences that I've had. Helene, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want you to continue being who you are and learning from not only your past, but your present so that you can live your best future. My last question for you today. Well, let me preface it by saying this. There are prodigies in all different aspects of life, not only atmospherically with prodigy hurricanes, but severe storms and tornadoes, snowstorms, let alone prodigies in you know, what, what humans have too, baseball and athletics and movies and literature and music and physics, whatever it may be. But it's rare you have a conversation with one who actually is a prodigy at a different time in life where they've now had a time to reflect. And I was wondering if you had any piece of advice that you have to somebody who is a prodigy, what would that be? I think it's important to, to, be, to be aware of who you are. And by that, I mean to recognize your gift, to recognize your abilities, to recognize that by their nature, they may make your existence lonely at times because you operate in a realm that others around you don't understand, don't have the ability to enter into. And there are some that, that fear that. There are some that worship it. And adoration or fear can be, can be dangerous. It puts you on a different plane and people don't see you as the same as them. Because you're not. You're not the same as them. But I would say it's important to remember that you are not only your talent. You are more than that. And you must take the time to nurture what you have within you. I mean, I was, I was listening to the words recently of another prodigy, Lady Gaga. And she has a lot of insight about being true to yourself and, and taking the time to, to really develop that self-knowledge. And I can tell you that when it's all gone, then there will come a time when it will be, because there's no such thing as an adult prodigy. If you know who you are, you'll always have that, and they can never take it away from you. And that is really what's the most important thing. Thank you, Hurricane Aline. And to our listeners, maybe the next time you're in New Hampshire somewhere at a farmer's market and you see someone wearing a beautiful set of clogs, it's really pulling it off. It might be, it might be Hurricane Aline. And I hope all of you the best of luck in all of our journeys towards finding our best self. Thanks, Hurricane Aline. Thank you, Thomas. Be well. I'd again like to thank Hurricane Aline for joining us today and sharing the wisdom that she learned during her time in the tropical spotlight. But now it's time to learn the science behind Hurricane Helene. Time to talk science. Hurricane Helene wasted no time in moving from low-pressure system over West Africa into a formidable hurricane. Normally, when easterly waves, what we call the storms over West Africa before they jump out over the Atlantic, well, once they leave the West African coastline, it takes a bit of time for them to get over the shock of now being over water. They'll move west until they begin to spin up into a tropical cyclone. 
Helene was not a normal storm. For one, it was quite strong over West Africa, causing flooding rains in Guinea. And then, on September 7th, it moved off the coast. Less than 12 hours later, it was a tropical depression. On September 8th, it was named Tropical Storm Helene, bringing strong winds to the Cape Verde Islands. And by the afternoon on the 8th, Helene became a hurricane, the second easternmost hurricane on record in the satellite era. Allowing this to happen were perfect environmental conditions, warm waters, and low wind shear. Helene then decided it had enough of moving west and turned to the northwest around the clockwise winds of a high pressure system. By September 11, 2018, Helene reached its peak strength of 110 mile per hour winds, a category two storm. Moving north in any ocean in the northern hemisphere usually means colder water, and that cooler water weakened Helene from then on out. By September 13th, it was back down to a tropical storm and being pulled into a cold front sweeping across the Atlantic. But then, something interesting happened. Helene began to interact briefly with another, smaller tropical storm to the west, Joyce. The two storms entered into a Fujiwara interaction where Helene and Joyce sort of rotated around a common point in between them. Usually, the bigger the two storm draws the weaker storm closer to it, if given enough time. But Helene and Joyce's atmospheric dance was short-lived. Helene broke it off and tracked towards the British Islands, becoming the first named storm in the European windstorm season, bringing heavy rains and gusty winds to England and Wales. Helene truly was a precocious storm, doing something only one other storm of satellite era ever did, and yet, for all its wonder, it's likely not remembered in a season with 15 named storms, one of which, Hurricane Michael, was the first Category 5 storm to hit the United States mainland since Andrew in 1992, and another was Hurricane Florence, which stalled after landfall in the Carolinas, bringing NOAA levels of rain and floods. But that's why I'm here, to track them down and talk with the incredible storms that we've forgotten. If you are wondering what your favorite Forgotten Storm is up to, let me know by emailing ForgottenStormsOfTheAtlantic at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Tom DiLiberto, and remember, even amazing things can be forgotten.